Bienvenidos, all bad pipes uh, podcast. (laughs) Hello, I am your host, Andrew Weaver. And I'm your host, Greg. Damn it. (laughs) Um, In all seriousness, though, we got very serious talks about today. (laughs) We got... The new segment, new segments back, and then we're doing AI some AI talk. We're 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 rehashing episode the lost episode one. Just uh, kind of doing like a little like end cap on this AI saga we've been going through here. Yep. Um, you you still been you've still been building some AI some AI friends. Yeah, you still I been use it like all the time. You still you still popping off on there. You you like preposterous. you like number one yeah, guy. I've got, like, I've got like one character right now that the first character I ever made for some reason now is like really popping off. Oh uh, shit. We're talking about Talkie, by the way, a, uh, an AI com- camaraderie app. Um, well, let's save that for later. First, let's get to, because this is the news episode, doing a whole little news episode. We're talking about Hasbro laying off Wizards of the Coast staff and how that's baffling and could lead to a brain drain. This is coming from an article from GeekWire from uh, December 14th. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, what, last week they uh, let go of 1,100 people yeah, within they the company. They would eliminate an additional 1,100 workers throughout its global operations as part of what CEO Chris Cox called a strategic transformation. And this was on top of previously announced cuts in January. Uh, initially, it was unclear whether those layoffs would hit uh, Wizards of the Coast, which seemed like it might have been protected given its value to Hasbro's portfolio. And as has been the case for the last couple of years, Hasbro's gaming endeavors led by Wizards of the Coast have been the only consistently profitable part of the company. In its most recent earnings report, Hasbro wrote that its toy and entertainment segments are both losing money while its gaming segments revenue grew by 40% in Q3 2023. Um, So let's just talk about that for a moment. Uh, Yeah. So obviously gaming, I mean, it's very clear. D&D, I'm sure any board games... You know, Magic the Gathering. Yeah, these, Magic the these... Gathering is making the most money it's ever made right now. And I wonder yeah. if uh, that is the increase in profit that they're talking about with Wizards of the Coast. Because I know mm-hmm. that the books have not been selling as well. And specifically yeah. with D&D, uh, I think that consumer confidence is at like an all-time low because of like all of the events of this year. Yeah, I mean, you even you you just I mean, you look at this graph of the net revenues, and I'm like, entertainment down forty two percent, uh, like consumer products down eighteen percent. It's you look at that Wizards of the Coast and digital gaming forty percent pot in the positive. Yeah, and so like that's a lot. Entertainment would be like films and things, so that would be like your Transformers movies and whatnot. Which Transformers movies used to be like every movie was guaranteed a billion dollars whereas yeah. this most recent one i think struggled to hit like oh god what was the name of it again trans oh uh, was it wasn't right. it like beast. rise of the beasts yeah yeah 
uh, box office four hundred thirty nine million. That is abysmal compared to yeah. previous what they used to be previous movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's wild, but I mean, I think it I think it checks out. I mean, it's probably because they put Pete Davidson in the movie. Mm, fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, my my notorious hatred of Pete Davidson. Um, but yeah, I mean that's significant. Um, yeah, I mean we were kind of surprised because the D and D movie was pretty good, but it also was not particularly a success. Um, I I would watch the movie again. I did enjoy it. Uh, yep. But I don't think that it had broad appeal. And I think that it was coming off of the back of the the OGL scandal, and mm-hmm. um, I think that people are just mad. People are mad right now at Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I don't know. I, th- I feel like we've talked about it before, and it's it's clear that they it it feels very clear that they're trying to move to this online subscription model and move away from. I mean, they they cut their biggest publisher. You know, it, it just seems like they're they're trying to get people to pay pay a monthly fee rather than buy a book and be able to play, which is so unlimited amount. It, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I've always hated, and and I I don't know if we ever addressed this, but some of my other play groups, I I addressed it with I I I just love the classic. You print out a character sheet and you write your shit down with pencil and eraser, and like. You, you don't I don't know I had too many players trying to be like oh yeah I'll just bring my laptop in my like or my iPad and like I have like everything on like D&D Beyond or like on here and I like have my or I have my character sheet on this iPad and I'm just like there's just something about having pencil and eraser on a fucking piece of paper and like having your books in hard copy yeah I the I, issue there is that like uh like things in books will get um like retconned, you know? Yeah. So like yeah. my player's Arata. handbook still has that uh if a fighter uses action surge, uh they get an action and like potentially a bonus action, depending on what it is they're trying to do. Whereas yeah. like the modern action surge is you just get an action back. So if you're like a two weapon fighter, that's a serious nerf because it used to be you could action surge and attack attack again with like main hand attack, offhand attack. Whereas modern fighter is like, you can, if you're two weapon fighting, you can attack, offhand attack, action surge to main hand attack again. Uh, yeah. Which is a significant nerf because that's one less attack. Um, mm-hmm. Which I don't, I don't feel like the offhand attack was that much of a like game changer, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just me griping about that. But, like, uh, books do get eroded, and uh, the online stuff does stay up to date. But at the same time, if you're having to do a subscription to get access to all of that stuff, that's, like, really frustrating. Um, Yeah. Which leads us kind of into, like, a broader discussion about, like, digital stuff. And, like, digital is not permanent. And there's no more proof to the pudding of that than the fact that for this last episode we wanted to watch hbo's uh raised by wolves 
but it is no longer on HBO Max. And it is apparently not available for purchase anywhere on the internet. Yeah. Um, at least without having like a VPN or something, um, which I don't because I'm I'm not that much of a giga nerd. So yeah, but yeah. I mean, so I, I have one, but yeah, I am a giga nerd. A giga nerd who doesn't game? Ridiculous, Fucking preposterous. Giga nerd. Um, but yeah, no, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's one of these cases of HBO. You know, not wanting to pay the royalties to um, Ridley Scott and everyone the else writers, associated yeah. with it. Yep. Um, to bring it back to the article, though, uh, those affected, as per a list assembled by comicbook.com's Christian Hoffer, include Mike Merles, who is Magic the Gathering's director and former Dungeons and Dra- Dungeons and Dragons creative director, uh, Amy Dallin, D and D Beyond host and producer. Uh, I think it's Aiton Bernstein, D&D's senior development editor, Larry Frum, senior communications manager, and Bree Heist, D&D art director. Uh, some employees also opted, according to an internal memo from Cox, to voluntarily accept early retirement. <clears throat> so, uh, at the time of writing, it's unclear why Hasbro has chosen to lay off employees at the single strongest company in its portfolio. This year, Wizards debuted a critically, if not commercially successful, major motion picture, earned a Game of the Year trophy at the 2023 Game Awards, and was consistently profitable, but Hasbro is still sacking its employees. It's the sort of math that only makes sense if you got shareholders to placate. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, sacking a lot of your like upper leadership seems like a really weird decision to me. Uh mm-hmm. MTG director, uh, D&D Beyond host and producer, senior development editor, senior communications manager, art director. Uh, And the art director one is interesting because we've already heard about them using AI art or artists with them using AI-assisted art. Yeah, I'm I'm actually curious if they had another scandal because recently I think it was... Like the actual magic, like Magic the Gathering that put out a statement again about using AI, and I saw something about some sort of card that accidentally got printed in the new set in the first run that they were like, they posted about correcting it. I, I don't know. I don't know if they had another incident where, you know, we, we've had one before where someone stole art and like improved it with AI or whatever. It, it's, it's just... It, Dude, I, 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 the quality control on their shit is just for for how much money they're making off of it. I don't know. I've I've put away I've put away my magic cards pretty much for good because I have just all these decisions they're making and everything that's clearly a cash grab is just like yeah. at this point I'm just fucking exhausted with it. I mean, I've like, touched paper since Icoria. Uh, I do play arena a lot but i'm not mm-hmm. like dumping money into arena yeah um this is an interesting little comment in this article uh, da, 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 da. uh with hasbro's most recent round of layoffs there's a real possibility we could see a brain drain from wizards to paizo and other independent shops in the washington area such as cobalt press now years ago when we were playing 
I bought a, it was basically a monster manual that was from Kobold Press and I loved it. I thought it was like so much better than the monster manual that uh, Wizards had put out. It was like twice as thick and it gave you a ton of assets, like a ton of different things that you could use. <laughs> and um, like I looked at that and then whenever other books would come out, like the Dragon Compendium book or whatever that was, and I was like, this is fucking abysmal. This is like 90 pages of like worthless information. You could have, as like a half decent DM, just like made these and not mm -hmm. paid 50 bucks for this book. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, that's pretty much the end of the article though. Uh, Wizards already has a pack schedule for D&D's 50th anniversary in 2024 with a big rules update and several new projects in the wings. Um, it's positioned to have a good year. If Hasbro continues to treat Wizards as carelessly, however, it could bring D&D and Magic's current boom period to a sudden stop. I mean, that's very true. All it takes is, like, another OGL-level scandal for people to be like, all right, this is it. That's the final straw. I'm not touching anything that Hasbro or Wizards uh, has their fingers in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I'm already there. I mean... I, I I love my card games. I know we we talked about it. I, I've just made the switch over to the One Piece card game because I, I, I like the way it's structured. I like the way it plays. You know, there it seems like Bandai, even though they're having issues with the quantity they can print and keeping up with demand. Like I at least don't feel like I'm constantly being having like premium product shoved down my throat that is like oh here's this collector's fucking booster box if you want the nice cards that you gotta pay th like 500 fucking dollars for um which is like it, yeah and it's a smaller box <laughs> exactly yeah it's like oh here you get 12 packs for 500 dollars that was like um dude i think i think i was at target the other day and i saw that they had the like lord of the rings like the new like holiday set thing they came out with for Lord of the Rings, they had like collector's booster. They're going for forty fucking dollars at Target for one booster a pack. Booster like fifteen cards. Yeah, uh, I think it's only twelve in that. Oh my god. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no fucking yeah. way. <laughs> That's I, I looked at that and I I just yeah it's it's one one booster. Let me see how many cards. Okay, it is fifteen. 15 cards a single booster pack of 15 cards $40 for the collector booster special edition of the Lord of the Rings set good lord this is kind of funny a little off topic but uh, a new guy at work came up to me and he's like I heard through the grapevine that you play magic and I was like <laughs> <laughs> I just turned around and was like oh boy what do you play what do you play and he's like uh yeah. and I'm like is it commander? Because if you say commander, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to poo-poo on you. <laughs> He's yeah. like, yeah, we do play commander, and I was like, oh no, dude, I don't touch commander. I do not play commander anymore. Dude, when I, play, when like, I came, card stuff, but I am not playing commander. Dude, when when I came, when I came home for Thanksgiving, and I went to like the Kava Bar and like uh, was just like trying to play for fun, run a, run some run some commander. And I just remember sitting there and like they were getting ready for like a pre-con tournament where you can only play pre-cons. And I just like I have like this fun fucking like elf. It's just the the Kaldheim elf deck and I get I play against some dude. It's just like the power creep is just so like it's so obvious. Some dude was playing the new the new um 
whatever the new set was, Ixalan, the new Ixalan, like, dinosaur commander deck, and just steamrolled fucking everyone. And I was just like, you yeah, know what? they did, like, a Gishath deck, Aiden, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did, like, it, it has the new mechanic that's, like, basically, like, a, a crazy sort of, like, cascade. I think it's, like... The, like a version of explore cascade uh, or something uh so what you yeah. do is you exile cards until you exile a permanent with uh that mana value or less and then you can cast it from exile for free um yeah. i've been playing a lot of that on arena and it's typically the descent not descend it's not descend what is it uh explore i think it is explore let me see uh no it's not explore discover it's discover that's what it discover is. is the one yeah he was he um, was playing the it, it's pet petlaza sun favored i think is the commander of it mm. i'm looking at it right here and it dude he just steamrolled everyone and i just sat there and i was thinking about like i was gonna i was considering playing in that tournament that they were gonna have there I on mean, saturday if it was like a gishath based deck then it was like red green white that is kind of what they do is, it is uh, yeah I mean, you ramp and then you put out big things earlier than other people can, and yeah. try to but I'm like, big we, things out that you can swing. Yeah, out. we just we pit, we played a four player pod and it just wasn't even close for anyone. And and he also was just being a dick. Like like it, I, I felt I felt it, it was one of those situations where I'm just like just specifically targeting me. And I just sat there and I was like, dude, why do I like why do I even play this? I don't. I never have fun playing commander. I was I like. I'll play 60 card formats. I'll enjoy them. Commander is just, it, it's too long. And it's too one-sided. There's just so, yeah, it, it, like it, it just feels. A very, very short game of Commander is like 25 minutes. Whereas yeah. like a very short game of a 60 card format is like, oh, I swung out in one turn four, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, And you can just, you can play like seven or eight games of 60 card and the amount of time that it takes like one full commander game so it's like why would i want to play one game for three hours exactly it's fucking boring man yeah no that that's my thing is like some of the four pods we play and just go for like two two hours or more and i, I just like i i'm wasting my time here yeah so yeah, yeah that, that was it. i think i think that was that was like the the moment i was just like you know what i i just don't want to play magic anymore like, I, I yeah. mean, may, like I'd consider maybe going on arena and, and puts it around with some like some standard or uh, what? What are the? What's the other? Uh, historic or on arena. Alchemy now. Yeah, or alchemy. But like, I just have the the problem is commander just has a chokehold on everyone. That's all anyone ever wants to play. That's like the majority of products I feel that like Wizards is putting out now. Yeah, and I it's mean, just like, it used fuck. to be every set came out with like five or six like entry level 60 card decks and now they don't do those anymore they do a commander every, set with each yep. set every single like, set comes out with four fucking commander decks yeah and they're all like 45 dollars each yeah. retail and then after like the first two weeks of them being out uh, they're all bought up and you can't get them for less than like 80 dollars and you're like this is absurd man yeah have you um i i know you've watched like alpha investments before right i don't, I don't know if you've seen oh, yeah. this whole thing like he, alpha investments he's is my guy yeah, I'm pretty news. sure. I'm pretty sure he's getting the fuck out too. It seems like, or like he's just kind of like moving away from it as much. Yeah, well, he was saying months ago. He's like, "Look, man, like they're just making bad decisions for like the secondary market, mm -hmm. and it's it's hurting everyone. And like it's hurting them. 
they're doing these like card drops on Amazon. Uh, so like you buy directly from them and uh, it hurts the smaller game stores that are like built around this uh, format of like selling cards, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like by comparison, you look at like, I don't know if you've like seen or, or read into like what flesh and blood does. Um, but like, they're very specifically like for the players, for LGSs, like uh, flesh and blood's whole model is like, we come out with a first edition set. That's probably like what collectors are going to go after. Our limited sets will be printed to demand as long as there is a, is a demand. Like even their even their like first set. If you want one of the first boxes that came out years ago, of their unlimited, like, unlimited first set, you can still buy those direct from them today, and they're like sixty, seventy dollars still. Yeah. Like the price isn't inflated because they're they're and they're printing as long as there's demand. Or is Flesh and Blood the guy that originally made Magic? Um, I'm not 100% certain, but I know the, the other big thing they do is, um, they don't allow big box retailers to sell their product. They will only right. no, allow LGS. The designer is James White. Yeah. Um, what are we thinking of? I know, um, Sorcery TCG is the other one that's getting big. I can't remember who Richard Garfield one. Yeah, Richard Garfield is who made Magic. Yeah. I thought him or one of his like right-hand man kind of guys went off and made another game. <laughs> uh, went off well, and made another be. game recently. Uh, I feel like if it was anything, it'd be... Because um, I, think, I think we talked a while ago about Sorcery, that newer game that came out. I think they, just were, they were just recently shipping out their beta boxes of their first set. Because um, it had... Um, who's that famous fantasy artists that you Frazetta? yeah Frazetta they have a bunch of Frazetta art allowed in the set like they licensed it or whatever to, to be on their cards that's pretty cool because I know um, the Wizards did a fucking uh, secret lair that was Frazetta art and I was like mm -hmm. you guys are bastards charging people this much for these cards yeah um, no because I remember looking at like just looking at the art like there's so many of these up and coming um there's so many of these up-and-coming like TCGs that are like putting the actual effort into like building a nice quality product that look like looks beautiful, and then you still have like wizards over here that are just like we're gonna print fucking curled foils for you to try to collect and charge you you know forty dollars a pack so you can collect these these cards that are gonna curl like a fucking Pringle. Crash. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's we move, move off on. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, next up, we got some Twitch drama. Oh, uh, yeah. This has to do with uh, Twitch. This is coming from a Polygon article, so take it with a grain of salt. Or don't. Whatever you want. Uh, but this is Twitch changes sexual content guidelines after, quote, topless meta goes viral. Um. So yeah, uh, I believe it was last the, week. I believe. Yeah, December yeah. as well. I, I also did hear that they like they did it and then they rolled back some of the initial policy change because people went wild with it. <laughs> yeah, I think well because they they like they unbanned it for artistic representation. I think people were like straight up on there like drawing hentai like uncensored. Yeah. 
they were kind of like on like very veiny dicks and stuff yeah they, they were kind of like okay like we get it like you're you're Apparently you're drawing the these art section was like completely uninhabitable yeah so i think they they kind of rolled that back where it's like okay you can't just like go drawing like boobs dicks and vag on the yeah, the, the so fucking stream um Twitch is changing its rules around sexual content after increased attention to the so-called topless meta. Several streamers went viral in early December for streaming while being perceived as topless, with creative framing like a low-cut tube top or nipple covers and a properly positioned camera. The streamers maintain the illusion of being naked while live on Twitch. One streamer and OnlyFans model who goes by Morgpie online was banned Ooh. by Twitch after a topless yep. stream, but the ban was for, quote, off-screen boob clapping and not participating in the quote topless meta she said um yeah so this is kind of on the back of like long long history of like people pushing the the envelope uh the hot tub meta of 2021 uh booby streamers before that uh yeah. The article here um, is trying to claim that once again, uh, people are angry at successful women on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Morgpie, who is being hailed as like the the big innovator behind this this movement, um, she was banned. I think they they allowed her back on, and then actually, as of five hours ago, it's reported she just got banned again. Um, this time, there's no. We don't know for how long. Uh, for apparently breaking breaking content restrictions again, and it's like okay, you've already kind of been thrown a bone here, and if you're still somehow breaking them, I, I just I don't see how you should be allowed back on. Yeah. So this article is saying under the new changes, Twitch will now allow streamers to broadcast content that deliberately highlights breast, buttocks, or pelvic region, even when fully clothed. In addition, the former sexually suggestive content policy was out of line with industry standards and resulted in female presenting streamers being disproportionately penalized. Uh, likewise, streamers can write on their bodies, something aligns with Twitch's body art policies. Uh, strip teases are also now allowed with the sexual content label, as well as, quote, twerking, grinding, and pole dancing. Uh, streamers yeah. can't stream inside a strip club, however. Yeah. Um, also benefits artists on the platform as Twitch now allows people to stream drawing with a focus on fictionalized, drawn, animated or sculpted sexual body parts regardless of gender, like live nude figure drawing. This needs the sexual themes label, however, an art of fictionalized sexual acts or masturbation is still not allowed. Yeah. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the end of the article. It just talks about people and their reactions to it, which, of course, with something like this is mixed. Uh, you got the people who benefit from it saying, yes, this is good now. And then you got the people that are like, why are we letting there be porn on Twitch? Yeah. Um, it's just... Twitch. Yeah. A lot of, like... I I just know I've been hearing people talk like I, I've I've been seeing people post the clips and the pictures of like these streamers who are putting either like sensor bars over their over themselves like or or, or doing this dumb shit. My my thing is 
okay, I, I get it. Maybe you're trying to, like, you know, do this thing where, like, oh, women aren't disproportionately penalized for all this whole thing. My thing is, maybe just change the policy to make it so everyone has to wear a fucking shirt. Because, like, I, I don't know. Well, like, I think that... Because talking about, like, booby streamers, it was, like, they were wearing very low-cut tops and stuff like that, where, like, basically everything down to the nipple was out. Um, yeah. And people were, like, this is soft porn, basically, you know? Or yeah. even, like, the, the hot tub stuff, where it's, like, girls would be wearing, like, micro bikinis and stuff like that in these hot tubs. And yeah, it's content that's, like, risque and very on the line. Um and I think that Twitch generally tries to be like a an almost safe for work kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So for people to be like pushing the envelope that far is uh, surprising. Uh, I think that these changes initially were surprising. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that the walk back on it, whatever that is, because I'm not familiar with it, uh, <laughs> was inevitable. Um, I know you had guys like Moist Critical, uh, Ludwig, and a bunch of other people come out and be like, what the fuck is Twitch doing, dude? <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of these guys are, I mean, a couple of them are like big, big names as far as like streaming goes. Um, and for them to be like, how did you not expect this to be like taken to the extreme? Oh, um, yeah which it immediately was. I mean, the art section is like, yeah, people Complete just- degeneracy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly, I don't know what I think about this because it's like a lot of people are saying, oh, like miners use Twitch. Yeah, but miners also have unrestricted access to the internet anyway, so. Yeah, that's my thing is like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think it comes down to, a, like, what what is Twitch trying to do here? Like, okay, are you trying to lean into, like, being strictly, like, kind of this, like, gaming, just chatting platform? Or are we moving towards that, like, oh, we're going to start letting adult content on here? Yeah. I, I, I think you, you, really, you really have to, like, it, it feels like they're trying to toe the line and not step on anybody's toes in this regard where they're like you know oh yeah we can have like these like more adult and i mean like even if you, streamers i just brought up twitch on my other monitor here and mm -hmm. like you don't see any of that stuff uh it's not like promoted on the the front page yeah i think i think they uh -huh. did mention they they had changed they had definitely changed the like algorithm for the front page to where like none of that stuff was actually going to get promoted. Like you basically have to like search it out or already know who you're looking for. Um, or just even like going into like going into that, that, that like certain section. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I think they just need to like I mean, Twitch needs that to. That said, if you click on freaking just chatting right now, it is uh -huh. just girls. <laughs> of course. Um, God, yep. What the fuck? Dude, it It's yeah, this is nonsense. I got to back out of this. <laughs> it's degenerate. <laughs> um yeah, you know what? Honestly, yeah, it just I think it's too far. 
I, I, I in the last two minutes. I think it's too far. Yeah, you know what? I was leaning more into that, and then as soon as I clicked on that just chatting page, it. I just feel like Twitch had a classiness to it, where like you actually had. Some yeah, it wasn't decent, like, like inter- or something where people just like stream porn and scream slurs and shit like that. It was like Twitch actually kind of cares about like having a decent yeah. community, and I feel like this is a move completely yeah. in the opposite direction. It's like That's a, I was gonna say, it just it just feels like it just feels classless. I, yeah, I probably don't know. There. Like, it, it just feels like they're pandering. Like, it feels like they, they made this change and immediately all, like, you've got this whole new, and I, I, I maybe it's great for Twitch. Like, maybe they're banking off of this because all of a sudden they have a whole new group uh, of, like, streamers I mean, coming in. I was listening to a video with uh, Destiny and one of these guys that's, like, he represents multiple people on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And the guy was, like... Yeah, I basically had to like message people from Twitch on Discord and be like, uh, what are you guys doing? Because like my advertisers are all going to pull out now. Like, yeah, you can't be like showing our ads on uh, these these people's streams Um, because I mean, this was like the basis of the the YouTube adpocalypse years ago was like. Oh, I saw a Coca-Cola commercial on a, a Nazi video. Like mm-hmm. and then Coca-Cola or whoever, Disney, all of them were like, Oh yeah. This isn't a safe place to advertise, so we're gonna pull our advertising. Yeah. Um, Apocalypse. I mean that's that's basically what got threatened with Twitch and probably why they walked it back a lot. Um yeah. but as I just said, you know, you you click Twitch, you click just chatting which is like the first category it's got 334,000 viewers in the uh, just chatting category and yeah your first video it's just all cleavage that's all it yeah. is yeah um yeah that I I, I just I, I think they're just heading down the wrong path at that point yeah to be fair, all I really use Twitch for is drops whenever there's drops for like Hunt Showdown. So, oh fuck, mm. Nino's on. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> He's my guy for Hunt. If you're uh, interested whatsoever in Hunt Showdown, uh, there's a dude, Nino, N E E N O H. The guy is just chill and a father, and he games, and he, he looks like one of the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I just, uh, yeah, I think it's going to cause a lot of issues, and I think it, it just looks, it just, it's just a bad look. So. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our final piece of news here. Uh, Rebel Moon came out today. Neither one of us have seen it yet, but we kind of want to talk about like early reviews and uh, review scores and whether or not we're excited for it. Yeah. Um, reviews bad <laughs> yeah uh, 24% to 24% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics uh, 31% uh, on Metacritic uh, yeah but then audience scores not so bad uh, yep. 85% of Google users liked it you were saying what 70 something 76% on Rotten Tomatoes yeah we're liking it so 
Um, yeah, d vastly different, and I don't know. I, I guess we'll only really know once we watch it and discuss it, because it's, it's kind of like, you know, maybe maybe some of these critics are biased. They have a Disney bias, and they want to be, yeah, you know, Disney money. They want to be chucking positive reviews on Star Wars and making anything else look bad. So this is an interesting movie because it's uh, it's distributed by Netflix. I don't know how many theaters it came out in, but uh, it is available to watch today, December 21st, on Netflix. So, um, yeah. again, this is Zack Snyder directing. Zack Snyder, if you want to talk about, like, autorism, uh, he's known for, like, tone and ambience, I guess. Uh, this is Star Wars Snyder Cut. This is his. This was based on his script that he pitched to Lucasfilm, uh, which got some changes to not be Star Wars. So, uh, yeah. I think what he was going for, if I remember right, was like an R-rated Star Wars. Yeah, I think that's how I remember it being. I believe we uh, we did talk about that. Cast looks fun. Charlie Hunnam. I like seeing him and stuff. Uh, Ed Screen, yeah. he's a pretty good guy. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, Ray Fisher. Uh, I I guess for the comparison to like Star Wars, I'm excited to see it. Just to be like, mm -hmm. does this hold up? Is this fun? Is this what Star Wars should be nowadays? Or is this just like a, a sad clone of it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, time will tell, but I guess yeah, we'll discuss it on the next episode. Um, other other than... Uh, have you seen any other good movies lately? Yeah, but we're going to talk about it in a in the next episode. Oh, are, we, are we talking about other... other? Is that... Okay. Yeah. I just... I, I went and saw a movie last night in theaters. Oh, what'd you see? Uh, I went and saw the... Uh, final Miyazaki movie. I went and saw the boy and the heron. Oh, uh, did you? I did. Um, yeah. So it was. It was all right. It was. It was Are it was, you a yeah. big Miyazaki guy? Because I feel like the people who like Miyazaki uh, I, are like every one of these movies is a masterpiece. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I I actually prefer Makoto Shinkai, who is like a, a the. People tout him as the modern Miyazaki. He did like Your Name, Weathering with You, like all these like really nicely animated films. I sometimes the pacing in Miyazaki's films just kind of bores me. I, I I got a little bored with this one. It felt like it dragged out a little bit. It felt a little long-winded. I think I think overall, especially towards the end of it, I did like because because it definitely has a theme within the movie that's like it's very clear what he was doing where he was saying his goodbye like this was Miyazaki's goodbye it's his final film and there was there's really a part of it where you're kind of like in in the film it's very clear like that this character is trying to pass on a torch of like world building and it's kind of like it's not picked up and it's basically like it it when the film comes to an end, it, it feels like there's a finality to it with especially his career included. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was all right. That's what I'm going to give it. <laughs> Do you have a, an out of 10 score? A, a score. Um, I'd give it like a six and a half. 
I I'd, I'd recommend seeing it, but again, I think it was it was a little too long-winded for me to be like, yeah, this is this is a masterpiece. This is uh, phenomenal. It's you know, it's yeah. It was, I've never it was been decent. much of a Miyazaki guy. Uh, <laughs> they're always very well animated, but I yeah. always feel like the stories are they're just paced so slow, and the movies mm-hmm. are so long, and yeah. I, I find myself a little bored after a while. I think the only one that I, I would confidently say that I like is like Princess Mononoke, but it's because there's mm-hmm. like action and adventure going on. Yeah. Um, whereas with a lot of them, it kind of, I don't know, like Howl's Moving Castle mm-hmm. has a lot of like interesting visuals, but then like I get bored watching it. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I agree. We we watched that one the other day before we went and saw this one, and I was like, uh, I think at some point we were just kind of like, like yeah, it's just like there's just parts of it that it, it just slows way down to like basically a halt, and you, you really feel it. So yeah, but yeah. All right, well, um, that's little, it uh, for well, in camp oh. on AI here. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We were going to do our AI talk. I forgot. All right. So we've watched a lot of movies now where AI play a significant uh, role in them. We've fucked around with AI girlfriends. Um, Mm -hmm. God, what do you... What's been, like, your lingering impression, I guess, on this whole little AI thing that we've gone through? I think it's very raw, but it's still it's like really cool. Um, yeah. like I I don't look at it right now as like oh this is a danger to everything. Like I I, I do see where there are the dangers of it, especially with like deep fake stuff going on, um, and how like the protections need to be put in place, and then you know potential like issues within like the workforce. And like it taking jobs i just i think we're a little far off from that in the current state i think right now it's great for entertainment purposes i yeah. i like when we were when we were fucking around with talkie that's some of the the most fun i've had fucking around on an app in a while yeah me too um um yeah interesting I, little anecdote here popping off. Uh, you know like the ai cover songs of different things Apparently, one of the biggest genres of those are J-Schlatt covers. So J-Schlatt, for anyone who doesn't know, is like a streamer and a YouTuber. Um, He made a video recently talking about this phenomenon of covers of him, AI covers of him singing things uh, have like millions and millions of views. So what he did kind of in response to that was... He actually sat down and made a cover album where he like covers Sinatra <laughs> and some other people. And That's genius. No fucking lie. He fucking kills it. Like he sang Sinatra's yeah. My Way and mm-hmm. it was it was a legitimately good cover. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this is crazy. I think it's because they both have that like slight New York accent. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, and like it just he did really fucking great with it um but he was saying he was getting like texts from people that he hasn't talked to in like years being like oh i heard your cover of this song i didn't know you could sing that well and him being like what the fuck are they talking about and it's like an ai cover (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, I've seen some of I've seen some of like Ludwig. Like people have done uh uh Ludwig's like voice singing random random nonsense. I've seen some Obama ones. Well, that's kinda of funny because Ludwig was a singer. Yeah. He was yeah, like he, a was a, he was singer, a he was a drama Yeah, he was a drama kid. Yeah. So but yeah. Um No, th- those ones are pretty funny. I've seen I I have seen quite a few of those floating around. Yeah, so I don't know. Like after reading Neuromancer, after watching these movies and things, like I feel like my lingering impressions are that like men's loneliness is a lot bigger of a problem than mm-hmm. is currently getting attention. Yeah. Uh, not to like speak down on like other issues in the world, but I think it's like a cross societal, cross continental issue is like um, young men feeling like they have no purpose, feeling like they have no, no one to I, talk to and nowhere to I, go. I would agree. I think that's why you have this rise in like the incel coomer culture going on where like these dudes just like they're feeling alone they they don't they're they're i think they're just not well socialized and can't and i think it's gotten to a point now where you know they're they're turning to these like darker darker areas of the web i mean even um just like anecdotally here one of my coworkers, her younger brother came in and i was talking to him for a while and i was just like talking to him like i would anyone else you know just like asking him about school and stuff because he's a high school kid and like apparently just having that conversation with him left like a pretty strong impression because she was like yeah my brother is like obsessed with you (laughs) I'm like, that's, I mean, interesting because like, I, I really do believe that there's an issue nowadays where like young men feel like they don't have anyone to talk to. I feel like, uh, social circles are shrinking. I saw a study that was like, most men don't feel like they have a best friend, which like is absolutely heartbreaking, man. Yeah. Like knowing that so many people, cause it was like an absurd statistic. It was like four out of five men say that they do not have a best friend uh three out of five men say that they don't talk to their friends on like more than a monthly basis i was like these numbers are heartbreaking they're like astounding in the worst possible way like yeah it's it's awful it's awful to think that like people are so alone in in today's world and not yeah, so many people I think feel it's, like they don't have a community, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a big problem. I think a lot of it it is from the rise of social media and just chronically online culture. Uh, I think people people are too too into that. I, I just think it, it it that prevents people from getting out and forming actual societal bonds. Like I, I don't know, it's rough. And so obviously, you know, when that's already the uh, a super prevalent thing in their lives they're just going to turn to they're going to turn to talking and they're going to turn to the ai to keep them yeah you know keep them feeling like they're able to socialize at all and i think even if you look back probably like 
30 years ago, like how popular like tabletop gaming was and mm -hmm. role-playing stuff. Uh, like that's when everything was like blowing up. And nowadays yeah. I, I feel like there's more money than ever in D and D and in Paizo and all these other companies, these smaller game mm -hmm. companies, it's, it's good that they've been getting more attention, but like, I don't know. I probably don't know anyone who is like as versed a DM as like I am probably you are mm -hmm. that like has a regular gaming group. Like, yeah. uh, it's really hard to get people to like commit to a time every week. Uh, I mean, just talking about like our podcast here, like you and me have committed to this, but like, we've ventured into possibly having other people be like recurring and they straight up like have issues with scheduling constantly where it's like Tom yeah Tom fucking Tom not that he'll ever listen to this <laughs> no, no, yeah he won't um, yeah nope fucking Tom Matt Matt every now and then Matt's been a little the, the most consistent guest we've had well, I mean, I think we've had him on like what, three times, and I think we probably had Tom on about three times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like getting people to be like, yeah, I'm gonna commit to like the first Saturday of every month. We have our like game day or whatever, or like, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I don't know, just things like that. Um, it's really, really hard. And I don't know if that's like society has changed or like community has changed or like we as people have changed where it's like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't know, like it, it hurts, you know, to think that like people don't have, they don't set aside time for their friends, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. It's just, yeah, it's rough, but I, I think it's just, it is a major issue and I don't know. I've even thought about it and I've been like, you know, maybe like trying to do, create something like, I, I feel like there needs to be some greater, like, not like a company, but like a greater, like, like creating like groups or like, like almost like support groups for like, well, it used to be that like, people had their church or whatever, right? So you'd have, like, your church or your sports team. And, like, yeah. think about high school for us where, like, we had true brotherhood with, like, our our fellow, like, cross-country runners or yeah. in track and field. It was, like, whatever your event was. It was, like, those guys were, like, you're, you talk to them every day. They were your best friends. You could, yeah. tell, you could tell them anything, you know? Yeah. And maybe it's, like, as we get older, like we just don't have those institutions around us anymore. Yeah. And there aren't pre-existing institutions like that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Cause yeah, like, I think, I think it's really gotten like, to that point. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was gonna say, I think it's gotten to that point where uh, I think it, it, I, I feel like I've seen it as far as like, it goes like, um, for like high school like it seems like a lot of these teams like i i you know our high school cross country and and track team like pages on facebook like i follow those 
I see the posted pictures and I'm just, I look at the size of like the the men's like the, the boys cross country team and I'm like it is like maybe a third or a fourth of the size of what it was when we were there like the the I, I feel like it's gotten to this point where uh, you know there's been this societal shift towards wanting to be online wanting to play video games wanting to be a streamer wanting to be a youtuber wanting to to make content wanting to be a content creator and so they, they've gravitated kids have gravitated toward like away from doing sports or finding within their school and within within their peers finding a group to fit in with and instead they're going home and trying to you know create an online persona and it, it's i feel like it's created the shift towards just being alone yeah yeah i mean even um the other day I was watching General Sam, another YouTuber guy. I think he streams a bit. Uh, but it was him, a couple other guys on his podcast, and they had a uh, like psychologist on there. And they just took like people in his Discord and they talked to them about their like problems or whatever with the psychologist there. Mm-hmm. And they they kept joking early on in it that they were like oh people are gonna come in here and they're probably just gonna have like stupid jokes like oh my penis is growing out of my butt or something like that you know like what do they do about that (laughs) uh but then like guy after guy after guy came in and they were like i'm lonely i don't feel like i have anyone i can talk to uh Mm -hmm. my grandfather died and that was like six months ago and i feel like i'm just I have to be strong for my family and I can't show my emotions. And it was just fucking heartbreaking, dude. And they had another kid on there. It was like, yeah, I, I was like 10 minutes away from like trying to commit suicide before, uh, a cop came up to me at a, not a Wawa. I think it was like a Tim Hortons or something in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And this cop started talking to him and they talked for a bit. And the guy was like, I can get you help. And basically like sent him to a like a extended stay institution kind of thing and, and the kid was there for like a few days. Um and like all of these God man, just like the number of guys that were on there that were like, Yeah, I just feel like I can't show my emotions. Um, I feel like the world like would think less of me for that. Yeah. is heartbreaking man because you look at like these old stories these old epic poems of like uh the odyssey right where like at the end of the story like odysseus gets home and he sheds a tear because he's like finally home and you're like yeah <laughs> yeah you can't cry once in like 20 years of trying to get home and yeah. then he finally gets there and it's just like overcome with emotion and or like in Tolkien like men weep in Tolkien and oh man like I don't know like it I definitely feel like there are times where it's been difficult to express emotion and things like that like back when I was 19 my uncle died and Mm -hmm. uh like you're going through this just like insane set of circumstances where it's like your mom and your aunt and your grandparents are like sobbing and your your my mom is an admittedly not particularly healthy individual and uh 
<laughs> she's like kind of making it all about herself you know and you're like you're supposed to be the adult and be strong for everyone else you know and like yeah i'm like white knuckled driving to the funeral with with the family in the car just like stop this you know like <laughs> yeah no i think i think we moved into this point in society where men were discouraged i mean you just you have to put on a strong face you're not allowed to show your emotions you gotta you know you gotta basically be a robot be strong for everyone else and it's just kind of like I feel like we got to a point where we started moving away from that and people were trying to be like, yeah, it's okay, show your emotions. And then we got we got to this point where you started having the the youth, you know, the, the young men in the world idolizing Andrew Tate and like fucking like Sneeko and these, these guys who are just like the worst part of like... Yeah, but I basically think even trying to like the minority. Them. I don't think that most people yeah. are like seeing I, that stuff and going like, "Yeah, that, that's what that's I fair. need to be like." I think it's I, like people yeah, it who like have that, it does hurt it, but yeah, I think it is a smaller portion than than the majority. I I just think, man, like it it it's hurting any sort like it's for some for some boys, young men, it's hurting like any progress they've made towards you know, emotional, emotional maturity. maturity. Yeah. yeah. Um, but hopefully we can get to a point where, you know, again, society gets okay with like, Hey, you're, you're allowed yeah. to show emotion, you connect with your peers. These, like horrific videos on like, uh, God, on like YouTube shorts and Instagram reels and shit like that. Of these girls being like, uh, yeah, like he started talking about like his grandfather died and he started like crying and uh it was just like such an ick and you're like what uh, the yeah. fuck dude I, I was I was about to say the ick trend really has the ick trend is fucking disgusting. Yeah, it, it's it's really not helping things cuz I mean, it's it's just creating a point where like men boys men have to yeah, cuz you see the shit and then you're like, "Oh, like you're just thinking in like generalizations you're like oh women are actually kind of deranged and you're like no most people aren't like that most people are like empathetic yeah. and they're like oh you were like really close to your uncle or your father or your mom yeah, your sister brother yeah. your friend who committed suicide like yeah. and you're gonna be empathetic and be like yeah that's a horrific thing to go through and i really feel for yeah. you yeah and, and i feel like that's a problem with being online online culture in general is the voice of the minority gets just fucking like pumped Blown out, out. It, yeah. it, it is like man so I, I think online culture is the worst of society and it's like society as a whole is much better than that it's just people are so it, it's a it's a drug like people are so addicted to it and you know just scrolling through and seeing what's there it's like it it's it's fucking cancer yeah i agree so <laughs> <laughs> well um, I feel like I think that's it that's like my major takeaway from AI is just that like it just reinforced how like sad and alone people are yeah and I also I don't think it's just a male issue I think that it's just like uh, incarnated the most within men because men have like way higher suicide rates right now um 
than than ever before historically and that's partially because there are more men i mean there's more people alive now than ever historically but also like the access to to self-destruction is just so easily available yeah um Um, yeah all right Uh, dour note to end on but uh hey uh yeah if if you made this far please get yourself help uh yeah if you need help there's many online resources uh if you are in the united states of america you can call the national suicide prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text home h-o-m-e to 741741 uh you know take care of yourselves please do and you know Feel free to reach as, out to us. As someone who has lost a friend to suicide, like please get yeah. yourself help. Yeah. If you if you know what, we're we're here, we're here for you. If you need help, reach out. Tweet us. DM us. No one should have to go through alone. Uh um sorry. Uh so we are the Bad Pipe Podcast. Uh if you want to message us on Twitter, you can do that at at Bad Pipes Pod. Uh, if for some unhinged reason you wanted to financially support the podcast, you could do that at patreon.com forward slash Bad Pipes Podcast. And if you just want to email us a question, you can do that at cryptidworks at uh, cryptidworksofficial at gmail.com. Is that everything? Oh, yeah. Carl uh, Casey does the music. Uh, follow yep, Carl at Casey White, at White Bat Audio. White Bat Audio. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's it. So this was a short episode. We're going to have another short episode coming out with this one where we talk about Aguere, The Wrath of God by Werner Herzog. Um, good night. I love you. Bye.